All right, LaRonda, let me pray for you, then I'll let you go. Lord, I pray for my sister, LaRonda, and I'm so thankful for her and her leadership here at Mosaic and her passion for you, Jesus, and her passion to see your people, uh, her family, uh, learn how to worship you passionately and learn how to pray to you relationally. And I just pray today you would give her strength and energy and the words to say, and you would soften our hearts to hear uh, the message you have for us. Because God, I know you want to you want to know us and you want us to know you. You want to be our best friend. You want to be our father and you want us to know your love. And so I pray you draw us closer to you via LaRonda's message today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good. All right. Good morning. I'm doing double duty today. <laughs> kind of um, a little out of my element, so to say. Singing and speaking are not the same. <laughs> All right, so we are doing a series on prayer, praise, and worship. And I just want to do a quick recap on last week. Last week, we talked about um, praying and fasting. I got to get used to this clicker. All right, there we go. Praying and fasting and hearing from God. And our scripture reference was Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. And we also practiced last week being still and being quiet for 30 seconds. Anybody here remember that? I don't know about you, but that was really, really hard for me. It felt like a lot longer than 30 seconds. And my mind kept wandering off to, okay, when I, I got to do this song next. And then when I get home, I got to do this. And it's like, and he kept telling us, all right, bring your mind back, bring your mind back. And I'm like, man, that was really, really interesting and I realized that that's something I need to start practicing doing because when you're a multitasker, your brain's working 12 lists at one time, at least mine is. So I did struggle with that. Um, we also talked about um, fasting. And we learned that fasting is simply abstaining or going without something. And it could be food or it could be TV or electronics or social media, whatever it is that you designate to turn down or turn off or walk away from for a designated time so that we can tune in to God and tune out the distractions of our everyday lives. Now, fasting is not a magic wand, right? It's not, hey, God, look at me. I'm, I'm not eating or I'm not scrolling on social media. Look at me and listen to me. That's not how it works. So fasting does not move God. It moves you to hear from God, okay? And if you're fasting from food, fasting without prayer is a diet, right? If you just don't eat, that's a diet. You have to incorporate prayer into your time of fasting, okay? So we're going to go into our discussion time, and our discussion questions are, what are some keys to having a good or healthy relationship? And it could be a business relationship, a friendship, romantic, or parental, right? Just what do you think would be a major component to having a healthy relationship? And second question, do you mind waiting? I just sang a song called, I'm going to wait on you. <laughs> That's a lot easier said than done, uh, for me at least. And how do you feel when you have to wait for something that you want? So we're going to, all right, we had some really neat discussions. I'm getting to know you guys a whole lot more. <laughs> I know who's, who's impatient like me now. All right, like I said, this week we're going to shift our series over to prayer. 
My goal today is to just give you some practical information and hopefully help you with your prayer time with God. Now, I'm not going to assume that everybody in here today knows everything there is to know about prayer. So we're going to start with just very basics and build up from there, okay? So simply put, prayer is just having a communication with God. Now, here we see different ways to pray. You can pray sitting. You can pray standing. You can pray while you're walking. You can kneel. You can bow. You can pray with your hands up. You can lay prostrate, flat on your face before God. Now, there are many different ways to pray, and I'm not here to say who's right or wrong, what's the best way, but just know that there are different ways to pray. Now, some people, depending on the culture that they came from and how they were raised and their religion and beliefs, may believe that prayer has to be complicated or lots of big and fancy words, uh, or they might think that prayers have to be ceremonial or scripted or recited all the time, or they might think dramatic or loud and theatrical, or some may believe that all prayers should be silent. Like I said, there are a lot of ways to pray. Now, guess what? I pray to God like I talk to you or like I'm talking to my best friend or my daddy, because that's who he is to me. So it's all about relationship, right? A lot of our conversations I just heard was communication and relationship is a really big deal. And so it's not just enough to know all about God and his attributes and who he is and what he does and what he, that he actually does exist, but we need to have a deep personal relationship with him. And that's where the difference can be made in our lives. Prayer is about relationship with the Father. Now, like I said in our discussion time, a lot of people said that the important part of a healthy relationship is communication and transparency and intimacy, right? And our relationship with God is no different. So here we have what appears to be a romantic relationship, right? Now we cannot expect to come together in service and worship once a week for a couple hours, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna sing, and we're gonna worship God, and then go home and think, oh, we don't have to do that because we did it at church already and think that we can just coast through the week off the word of the pastor and the worship team, and that's enough to get you through the rest of your week. No, it has to be done every day. It's a relationship that has to be cultivated daily in order to grow and become stronger. So like I said, look at a, uh, let's think about a new romantic relationship, right? When we get in a new relationship, we are very, very intentional about spending quality time with that person. Why do you think that is? Because you wanna to get to know them better, right? You actually, you think about that person, you wake up and you get the good morning text and the good night text and how's your day going throughout the day? You look forward to the next conversation or FaceTime or, or date or whatever it is that you have time to be with that person. And you take the time while you're together to get to know that person. You ask the important questions to get to know who they are and their personality, because this is a new part of your life. Now, with that being said, we would not go out on our first date, and even if it's a great date, come home and think, I'm marrying that one. I'm gonna go play, I'm buying a dress tomorrow, I'm calling my friends and, and we're getting a venue. No, you would think, if your friend told you, I went on a first date and we're getting married tomorrow, you would say, you're crazy, right? Why would you think that? because the relationship has not been established. Now, I do know about a TV show, I think it's called 90 Day Fiance, anybody here ever seen that? 
for those that don't know, it's where this TV show comes together and they take a couple that have never met and they give them 90 days to get to know each other and then they get married. That's one of the most outlandish things I've ever heard of and these people really do it. So that's probably really good for ratings, probably not so great for a real good relationship, right? Now, I don't know if they do uh, follow-up episodes in a couple years to see if they're still together, but I bet money that most of them are not. Why? Because it was not built on a firm foundation. So now let's think about this relationship thing, right? Let's think about the relationship that we have with the Father and how we spend time communicating with him. Prayer is a lifestyle of communicating with God. It's not something that you just do before you go to bed or before you eat your food or, you know, at church on a Sunday. It's something that we have to develop into an intimate relationship with our Father with the goal of growing closer to him, right? Prayer is intimate and intentional time with God. Here's a couple scriptures for you. First Thessalonians 5 and 16 through 21. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, right? We've heard that one before. Now, obviously, talking about praying without ceasing, praying continually. Now, we don't think that we are supposed to have our head down and eyes closed and be like that all day, right? No, that's not what Paul was talking about here. He was talking, not talking about nonstop talking to God, right? But instead, he was talking about a God consciousness, a God surrender that we carry with us at all times. Every waking moment is to be lived in the awareness that God is with us and that he is actively involved and engaged in our thoughts and our actions. Another scripture, Philippians 4 and 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your house hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, as we go through the day, prayer should be our very first response to anything that we face, right? If it's an anxious thought, if it's fear, anything that we don't even want to do, an undesired task that we don't want to do, that should be our, our go-to. God, help me with these kids today. Lord, help me with this boss. Father, give me patience on this highway so I don't have road rage, right? That should be our very first response um, when we are going through life. So a lack of prayer would cause us then to depend on ourselves and then not depend on God's grace. Unceasing prayer is, in essence, a continual dependence upon and the communication with the Father. Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's another um, famously quoted scripture. Now we're going to talk about Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11 is usually the one that people quote. And that's the, I've got that one highlighted there in yellow, where I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and to give you a hope and a future. Now, I didn't want to just throw that one out there because that's the most common quote um, for people that read the Bible. But let's go back and let's give a whole picture of what God was saying here. 
So we're going to go back to verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. These people were in exile, right? These people were in exile, and they were waiting on God to deliver them, right? And so now it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let's look at this. This scripture says when 70 years are completed for Babylon. So that means God's made them a promise, but they had to wait 70 years for it to come. I don't like waiting. 70 years, I don't like waiting seven minutes, seven years, 70 years. They had to hold on to that promise that God said it and he was gonna do it. So question is, what do you do while you have to wait? And that's like I said, that song, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to trust your promise because God is not a man that he should lie. So if he said it, it's a done deal. He's going to do it, right? So the Israelites in this conversation was a process that God was taking them through. And this scripture is all about God's promises and waiting on him to fulfill them. It's not just that God knows the plans and it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. But there's parts of that that might not be so great, and that is in that waiting. So here we have the Lord's Prayer. A lot of people are familiar with this passage. Jesus prayed all the time. He would leave his disciples and go away to be alone, away from the distractions of the world and everything that was going on at the time, and he would communicate with the Father. Matthew 6 and 9 through 13 it's kind of, it tells us how to pray, and that's what we call the Lord's Prayer. So I don't know where I'm on vacation, Bible school, Sunday school kids, everybody grew up in church with this scripture. This is like one of our first memory verses, right? And this is what the Lord's Prayer. So this prayer, we often just recite it. We don't, even, I don't even think we think about it. We just, they say this is the Lord's Prayer, and, and we do it. That's not what God's intention was for this to just be a memory verse that we don't apply. But we are to look at each line and then pray that for our lives. So let's look at the first line. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does it look like in your life to make God's name holy, to, to, to put him on a pedestal, to lift him up? Next part, what does it look like for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it look like in your life? What would you need to do to get that to happen in your life? That's the prayer that we should be asking God. Lord, thank you. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. That's just saying, Lord, we need you. We depend on you for everything. We depend on you for our, 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 our life, our, our food, everything that we have. We, we need you for that. And so that's what this prayer is. It's not just something that we just say just to be saying it. It's, it's what they call the blueprint for prayer. And we are to take it and just break it down. Lord, help me to forgive those who trespass against me. And you take that and you apply it to your everyday life, right? And your everyday prayers. So we have, I don't know if it all fit on there. 
So we've got a focus on prayer, and a part of that is blessing, adoration, praise, and glory to God. So God isn't a genie in a bottle or Santa Claus. And a lot of people think, well, prayer is just asking, right? No, you don't just come to God when you only need something. Um, we would be out of order if that's what we did, right? So, oh, there you go. So blessing and adoration and praise and glory is due unto God. That's a part of our prayer life. We should give God glory just talking about the attributes of God. God, you're worthy. God, you're strong. You're mighty. You are a healer. You are powerful. Just whatever attributes of God, give him praise and, and love on him and appreciate him for who he is in your life, right? Um, so let's think about if we had children, we have two kids and and one only talks to you when they want something. They don't say good morning, they don't say how's your day going, and all they do is say gimme, 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 right? And now you have another kid that is just super intentional, um, not manipulative, you're the best mommy in the world, um, thank you so much for my bed, thank you for breakfast, thank you for all these things. That's how we should come to God with a pure heart and, and, a, and a gratefulness, right? And so it's not just about asking God for whatever we need. We need to establish a relationship built on faith and trust in him. We have to trust that God's word will not fail. And therefore, we can pray with confidence his words right back to him. Now, talking about the different parts, we talked about blessing. Petition is just asking for God what you need. It's okay to ask God for things, but don't only ask God. Don't only talk to him when you need something, right? So intercession is praying for others. That's when we stand in the gap for others. And I can tell you, 2022 was a rough year for me. There were times that because of grief and depression, anxiety and fear, I could not pray for myself. And you might look at me and say, but you pray for people all the time. And no, there comes times life can hit you so hard that you can't even utter the words to pray for yourself. And that's when we have to come into agreement with our brothers and our sisters and our friends and our families, people who are standing alongside of us and doing life with us. And then we have them pray and stand and go before the Father for us. Now, Thanksgiving is just giving God thanks for what he's given and what he's done. We also need to pray the word. So I talked about giving God's word back to him. And because his word cannot lie, if he said it, it's done. So we need to say God's word back to him. So what, how do we do that? We find scriptures in the word of God that speak to your situation. If he said it, he'll do it, right? Now, this is just a, a clip from War Room. I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, but it's a very powerful movie. And it just, talk, it just shows you how to apply the word of God. This lady literally wrote scriptures and prayers all over her walls, and she would recite them back. And she was strategic. You know, when the devil came, you know, after her kids and her family, she just was point blank about it, kind of hood about it. Look, devil, what you not going to do? It's come against my children, right? And that's, we just kind of got to get gangster, I think, a little bit with the devil because he doesn't care how he comes and gets us. So we have to fight with everything that we have. He doesn't let up because we're tight. That's when he leans in. When our children are, are out of order, that he knows how to get to us 
through our children, through things that are close to us, right? So prayer can be like a weapon of mass destruction or kryptonite to the enemy. We can pray specifically and strategically to combat the areas of our lives that are under attack. Prayer allows us to partner with God in fulfilling his will. Prayer is a portal that brings heaven to earth. What we do in prayer is we give God permission to intercede on our behalf. God is a gentleman and he will not just take over and just parent us the way we parent our children. I know my kids will tell you if they're doing something and I'm like, why are you doing that? Just let me do it. Just, just move out of the way and I'll just do it for you. God's not like that. We have to invite him and give him permission to come on in and get in our business, right? So a way that we could do that is let's think about um, strategies, right? Battle plans, so to speak. One would be make an appointment with God. Just like you would an old friend or an important person, you would be punctual, you will be attentive and intentional, right? So like we did our um, exercise with the quiet time and set a timer. That's something that we could do with God. So like if you're a morning person, I know a lot of people that get up at 6 a.m. every day, a group of them. I used to do it. I did it for almost a year. I'm not a morning person, so that really didn't work so great for me. But make an appointment with God and you set it and you stick to it like it's super important because it is. Your relationship with God and your life is very important. So um, yeah, so you could also write down your prayers. And you ask, why would we write our prayers now? Number one, so you don't forget them, right? So the Bible talks about writing the vision and making a plan. Another reason is so that you can see who the real enemy is. Like I said, sometimes I think God works with me a lot through my children. I, I reference them quite a bit in, in life. Um, sometimes the enemy gets in my children. I always tell people God gave me kids to make me pray right? So you can look and see who the real enemy is. Sometimes if you take a step back and you just read your prayers, like, wait a minute, that's not them. That's a spirit working in them, right? And so you can also remember who your hope is in by looking back and remembering how God answered you before and trust that he will do it again. You can also pray intentional, intentional, deliberate, strategic prayers that are specific to your situation. For example, we got Jeremiah 32 and 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So once again, here you, is where you gotta activate your faith. If you are facing something super difficult and you're like, God, I can't do this and I don't even know if you can do this. That's when you go to the word of God and you see God made the heavens and the earth. This is nothing. Me losing my job, that's nothing. Me going through an illness, that's nothing. Me losing a loved one, God can heal anything, right? And we know that because his word says so. James 5 and 13, is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. If any marry, let him sing psalms. Any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall rise up, raise him up, 
And if he committed sins, they will be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you will be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Prayers have power. Prayers have power, and you need to understand that when we pray the word, we are literally activating things in the spirit realm. Psalm 66 and 19. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Psalm 4 and 1. Answer me and I will call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. These are prayers like you feel like God doesn't hear you. Sometimes, like the people in the Bible that we referenced earlier, God didn't talk to them for 70 years. This is probably one of the prayers that they were praying, right? So we have to put his word back on him because he can't fail. In order to boldly declare the word of God, you gotta know what it says. You have to read your word. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We have to activate our faith when we're asking things of the Father. So prayer doesn't have to be super fancy or big words. God is our Heavenly Father, and we are his children, right? And so we can reverence God and still be ourselves. We don't have to pray like Noah. You don't have to pray like me. You don't have to pray like TV evangelists. But the Bible says in Matthew 18 and 4, whoever comes before, sorry, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we look at this little boy, and he's got this cape on, and he's a superhero. And that's how kids look at things. They look at life different than adults do. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Right? Children have limitless faith. They don't understand the limitations of finances or time. They will ask for whatever they want. If they have the faith that if they ask, they will receive. They're just going to ask, and that's how we have to come before the Father. John 14 and 13, And whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So what we have to do is we just got to get in the Word of God, meditate on the Scriptures, and let the Scriptures speak to us, right? Matthew 9, 20 and 22. Talks about the woman with the issue of blood. A lot of people know that scripture. And what I think we tend to miss is that when she took the time to press through that crowd, she had that bleeding disorder for 12 years, but she had gone through all the doctors. She had spent all her money. She had exhausted herself. But she had so much faith in God and Jesus that she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And that's exactly what she did. And this is where we see here in, in verse 22, Jesus turned to her and said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you as the woman was healed at that moment. So our faith, coupled with the word of God, can move mountains and do amazing things. We need to go to God in all confidence that he's able to do whatever it is that we ask. Even if it's not his will, 
to give us what we want. We still have to understand that he is able. Now, I got to use my kid for an example right now. Bree is one that uh, she'll, she'll hit you with my mama said. Because if I tell her something, she is about to back, she won't back down. She's going to stand on it. Yeah, but my mama said I could. Yeah, but I don't care what you said, but my mama said. That's how we have to do with God and his word. But my daddy said, I can have anything I want. My daddy said I'm healed by his stripes. My daddy said, you know what I'm saying? So just like she has so much confidence in what I tell her, and she'll stand on that thing, that's how we have to go before the Father and know that we can do all things through Christ. Now here we have a picture of mountains and valleys, right? So, like I said, 2022 was a valley experience in my life, and it was a dark place. It was not a good year. But that's when God did a whole lot of changing and a whole lot of shaping in my life. My prayer life definitely changed. When tragedy hits, we just tend to naturally pray. We don't really, well, I don't say we, I. I can only speak for myself. So when things are going good and we're on the mountaintop and things are great, God, I'm good. I'll call you when I need you. Everything's great, right? So it's in those valley moments where God has to, he's doing a work in us, right? And that's kind of when we cry out to the Lord and then we activate that faith when we're in a bind. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord... One day is a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Sometimes the answer doesn't come when we want, right? But we have to remember that God's time is not ours. God has his own sense of timing, right? He's never in a hurry, but he's always on time. He's never late. So God does answer us always, but it's not always yes. It could be yes, it could be no, or wait. It's really hard when God doesn't give us what we want, right? But in every circumstance, we have to accept his will for our life, even if it wasn't what we desired. Often I will pray, God, bend my will to yours and help me to accept your will for this situation. And we also have to take time to thank God. Even if he doesn't do it, we should trust and believe that he's able to do anything but fail. There's just some mysteries of God that we just don't understand, right? Delay does not always mean denial. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he knew about your situation. He knew about everything that we were ever going to face long before we were created. And we just have to trust him that, and understand that nothing catches him by surprise. And we worship while we wait. Amen.